Hello, New York Giants fans. Welcome back to the Everything New York Giants podcast. I'm your host, Adriana, also known as New York Giants Fangirl on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And today I'm going to be recapping the Giants loss on Thursday Night Football to the Niners 30 to 12. And there were some good things and there were some bad things, which it seems like there's been a lot of in Giants football lately. As usual, I'm going to start with the offense, defense, and then work my way to special teams. So let's start with the offense because um, it was pretty brutal. The first thing that needs to be talked about is the fact that Shane Lemieux was the starting left guard over Mark Lewinsky. And I know that none of us are going to be out here saying that Mark Lewinsky is one of the best guards there is, but he was not that bad during the. Cardinals game. And I get it. The Niners D line is very different than the Cardinals, but Shane Lemieux has not played football in a very long time. He's dealt with a lot of injuries and to start him, I feel like was a questionable decision. Like maybe they could have put him in if Lewinsky wasn't doing that well, but to start him at left guard, I was not expecting that. And I I just feel like maybe that was not a great idea. Um, Jones was pressured quite a bit. I'm going to pull up some stats for you guys here. Um, the offense allowed 18 pressures. Lemieux, surprise, surprise, was leading the uh, pack on that one with five pressures, one sack. Zudu allowed four pressures, and Bellinger had the one sack allowed. Now, we all saw that during the uh, – Oh, God, that god-awful play where Jones got sacked by Bosa, which, listen, we all knew was going to come at some point during this game. This offensive line is just not good enough to go up against him that well. But I will say that overall, the fact that Jones was only sacked twice was kind of a miracle, um, and he walked out of it okay. So that's the good news there. But, you know, we need to see more production from this offense, obviously. And I I know people are so obsessed with placing blame on what went wrong and who did things wrong but like there's so much of this whole offense that is not producing and moving the ball down the field that I mean you can place blame on Jones for making some not great throws you can place blame on the receivers for not catching the ball you can place blame on Mike Kafka for the play calling like if that makes you feel better, sure. But the bottom line is all of those things collectively are the reason why we scored one touchdown last night. So, you know, Matt Breida has a great run, runs it in for the touchdown. feel like maybe we got a lot of momentum. I felt like when we were tied at three in the first quarter, I was like, oh my God, this team is playing way better than I expected them to. And then, you know, things fell off. And we'll get to that when we talk about the defense. But to me, the big concern with the offense is yet again, the offensive line. Um, unfortunately for us, the Cowboys and the Eagles seem to have filled it out, figured it out. We have to play them twice a year. We're, you know, always going to play the Niners being in the same division. And I just, it's very frustrating to know that again, the line is just not holding up. And I don't know why we didn't see more RPOs. I mean, in the post-game presser, multiple 49ers players said that they schemed all week and they were prepared to go after Jones. So even they were surprised by it. And listen, I know that's probably exactly why Dable didn't and Kafka didn't go ahead and do that. But I just feel like when they couldn't get the run game going, that maybe they should have utilized Jones a little bit and just given it a try and see what happened. I have a really good stat here 
well, really good, depending on how you look at it, from Jordan Renan, that the Giants had just 11 rushing attempts last night. 11. I thought they were going to come out and run the ball down their throats. I understand that they're down Saquon Barkley, they're down Andrew Thomas, they're down Ben Bredesen. Three key pieces to getting the run game going. I fully understand that. But also, we knew that the pass blocking was not going to be amazing when you're going against the Niners line. So why are you not trying to get the run game going before focusing so much on the passing game? I don't know. That's a question that I will always have. And that's one thing that I wanted to see going into this game. I wanted to see them run the ball more. And I don't know why. Um, so according to the stat here by Jordan, it was their second fewest in a game in the Super Bowl era per ESPN stats. The only game they had fewer was week 10, 1989 versus the Rams. Now, Dable spoke to the media afterwards, and this was his answer when asked why they didn't run the ball so much. It's a good football team. There's a lot of stuff that we can do better in every phase. We'll get back to work. The players will get some days off, and we'll try to correct some things and come back ready to go. So uh, not helpful, again, to be expected when Dable speaks to the media, but I don't know. I was just disappointed. I wanted to see them run the ball more. Gary Brightwell looked pretty good aside from that drop. Uh, Matt Breida looks pretty good. I feel like we barely saw Eric Gray um, in the run game. We didn't see him at all. So, you know, I, I just would have liked to see more of that. I feel like maybe they could have gotten some momentum going. Um, again, I know they're not working with the best offensive line. Like, I I get it. But, um, you know, in the first half when receivers are dropping the ball left and right, like, I don't know, try and run it a little bit more. Let's see. But I know when they did, they just, they obviously didn't have a lot of success because their total yardage was 11 carries for 29 yards and the Matt Burita's one touchdown, which was the longest run of the game at eight yards. So there's not much to say there. Um, let's talk about the receivers. Darius Slayton, out of six targets, had three receptions, 32 yards. And listen, guys, I'm not going to come out here and say that Daniel Jones played amazing. I watched the same game with my own two eyes that you did, four eyes since I wear contacts. Um, but, you know, some of the targets, some of the throws were not great, and that's on Jones. Um, but I would have, you know, I would have liked to see someone make some more plays. You know, I liked... I liked a little bit to see Darius at the end of the game get a little feisty with the uh, with the Niners corners. You know, they that extra hit that they had on him was not really necessary. There's a lot of feistiness going on in this game, and I didn't. I felt like the Niners were playing a little bit dirty. I, I mean, you don't have to agree, agree with me; that's fine. But I feel like the Trent Williams hit was dirty. The punch in the face was ridiculous. I also saw another close-up play, which I don't know if you guys saw this, of DJ Davidson because I was wondering what happened and I missed it during the live game. And when I went back on and saw it on Twitter, he was dragged to the ground by the arm as the play was pretty much coming to an end. So that I feel like was unnecessary. Um, just not great overall. Gary Brightwell, again, Two receptions out of three targets. Talked about the ball that he dropped for 31 yards. Paris Campbell actually went that, um, you know, I've kind of, I know a lot of us have been hard on him over the last week with his drop. So I'm glad to see that he picked it up this game. Wandale, four for five for 21 yards. Waller, 
three out of seven for 20 yards. There were a couple, you know, that were definitely frustrating to watch. He had both hands on the ball. You know, I, I'll give credit where credit is due. That defense is extremely good. They're very talented. And, you know, our offense wasn't really a match for them. They made some great plays, but I just would have, you know, liked to see some of the receivers have less drops. So Bellinger went one for one for eight yards. Brita three for three for one yard um, outside of the, oh my God, sorry guys. Um, he went, you know, aside from that touchdown. So um, Brita had a pretty good game, which I think a lot of us were expecting out of him. And then last up, Isaiah Hodgins only had one target. Um, let's talk about Hyatt for a second, because I know there's a lot of questions and my DMs were flooded with things like, why are we not seeing more of Hyatt? And I get it. I wanted to see more of Hyatt in the first half, but I think the reality is they knew that starting, uh, Lemieux, they didn't really know what they were going to get. And they didn't feel comfortable having Jones throw a post route or throwing him down the field, which I get. Um, but I feel like Hyatt is a better player than someone like Paris Campbell. I would like to see more of him. I know that we all would. So I think we will see more of him as the season progresses. I just think that unfortunately it really comes down to the line and they just feel like Hyatt is not going to have enough time out there. Maybe it's worth trying putting him out there more and seeing if he can be a good decoy. Why not? Got nothing to lose on that. But, uh, I don't know. That's that's where we're at with Hyatt right now. Dable didn't really say much about it other than, you know, he will get him involved more. So, um, you know, the Jones interception, the receivers, they got to catch the ball. I mean, he's had four interceptions so far this season. I know that is going to be a talking point for all the Jones haters, but go back and watch them. The Stefan Gilmore one was 100% on Jones. That was the mistake. No doubt he shouldn't have thrown that ball. He knows that. I know that. We all know that. But, you know, Saquon's responsible for two. Two of them went off of his hands. And then um, was Waller the one last night? I just, it's frustrating because we feel like we picked up all of these other receivers, you know, and I felt like that was going to fix the drop issue. And it seems like it hasn't. So I don't, maybe the answer is just we need new wide receivers. I don't know. Um, but it's definitely frustrating to feel like we're kind of watching the same thing happen as last year when we brought in a lot more talent and we're expecting more. That's my biggest complaint about this season. I went going into it and I don't want to hear about the sophomore slump. This is reality. These people get paid millions of dollars. They brought in more talent. I don't care that the schedule is difficult. I don't care that people think they were going to go four and 12 because there was there's a sophomore slump and Dable's in his second year and yada, yada, yada. That's not an excuse. There's no reason why this team with the additional talent that they brought in, the same coaching staff, the same scheme, there's just no excuse why they shouldn't be playing better. And that for me goes for everyone. It goes for the play calling. It goes for the line. Get your fucking shit together. Jesus Christ. How long are we going to deal with this? Um, I hope they sign Justin Pugh, by the way, he came in for, a workout this week. I don't, we need the depth. Just bring him in, just bring him in and see what he can do for a million dollars. It's worth it. Every penny it's worth it to bring him in. Um, 
Daniel Jones, got to make smarter decisions, got to make better throws. Receivers, got to catch the ball. Running backs, catch the ball. I, like, I just, it's all of it. And it's very frustrating to me as a fan who felt like this year going into things, it was going to be better and more exciting to watch. And I, I get that our schedule is difficult and we're playing some really tough teams, but they should be measuring up against them. They shouldn't be missing tackles, dropping balls, doing things that they've been doing over the last couple years. Like there's just no excuse at this point. So with that being said, I don't really have much else to say about the offense. I'm just overall kind of disappointed with how it went down. I do feel like they were a little bit better when it came to making mistakes outside of the drop balls. Fine. Um, they had less penalties, even though this crew was I mean, this guy obviously had nothing better to do. He must have been really bored watching this game that he needed. The ref needed to call a penalty every other play. The second half was ridiculous. I was like, this game is going to go on for six hours because literally every other play, there is some sort of um, penalty. It's very frustrating. So um, I, I felt like they, they cleaned up some things, like they looked a little bit better. I honestly expected them to look horrific. So um, I feel like they played a little bit better than I thought they would. But it also is disappointing because in the first half they were in the game. So, uh, you know, going into it, um, no expectations. Like would like to see them be competitive, but it's the Niners. Let's be real. We're not going to match up well against them. And then halfway through, I'm like, oh, my God, maybe we have a shot. Like maybe we're I mean, I didn't really feel that good that we were going to win the game. I felt like maybe there was a chance, but, you know, just overall disappointing from that standpoint that it just, we were in it until we weren't. And the big reason that I have for that is the defense. One more thing I want to talk about before we get into the defense, because my brother just sent me this really awesome stat. Shane Lemieux at left guard for the Giants last night. Finished with a 3.8 pass blocking grade. He allowed five pressures, four hurries, and a sack. That is only the tiniest better, bit better than Mark Lewinsky after week one. So I need these guys to improve. Shane Lemieux not it. Get him out. Put Lewinsky back in. I think that Bredesen, he's in concussion protocol, so I think he's going to be ready to go for Seattle. God knows we need him back out there desperately along with Andrew Thomas. I feel like both of those guys should be back. Knock on wood. All right. Let's talk about the defense because, oh my God, just when they gave you a little bit of hope, like, wow, they're making some stops here. Micah McFadden, we're going to talk about him in a second, had an amazing game, but you know, they did a couple things and you felt like, wow, um, maybe this defense is, is, going to have the potential to be the defense that I thought they were going to be. Last night was not it, but I felt like there were some plays that cave on getting the sack. Dexter getting after Purdy, Leo getting after Purdy. I felt like, oh my God, like this is, this is what I thought the defense was going to be on a minor scale. Like I thought they were going to be 10 times better than this, but you know what I mean? Like they're, they'll get there. I think it's still early. Um, I hope, but I mean, the the fact that they couldn't get off the field, that there were multiple third and longs, and I'm not talking third and seven, third and eight. I am talking third and 12, third and 14, third and 15, and they cannot make a stop. How many drives would have been stopped? They could have gotten off the field and had a rest because God knows the offense wasn't helping them get off the field so they could rest. It was like... 
I mean, it was just like PTSD to the last few years of the offense can't string drives together. The defense is on there 90% of the time and they're exhausted. So they can't make plays. Very frustrating. But I just, I mean, it was like watching Jekyll and Hyde where like they were great. They get the stop, they get him to third and 15. And you're like, this is it. We just need one more stop and we can turn this drive around and we can bring the momentum back to us. And then boom, third and 15. No one can stop Debo. No one can stop McCaffrey. It's Kittle. Just every single one of them. Everyone. And you know what? Brock Purdy made some bad throws. And this is the other thing about the defense. Like, I know these guys are not wide receivers, but Adoree Jackson is not known for having good hands. That's something that he's always struggled with. And yes, Kittle made a good play, but he was close. He could have had that interception. There were at least four opportunities where our defense could have had turnovers based on deflected balls, drops, and stuff like that. That, I mean, Tay Banks could have had one. Like, I'm, I'm just watching, like, can we do something? Like, if you can't stop on third down, then make a play elsewhere. Do something to turn it around. It's just, it's very frustrating. I don't... I, it, with the tackling, I feel like there were 16 missed tackles. And again, bringing me back to last year where we saw Julian Love. I love him, but he missed some tackles. You know, we had Jason Pinnock and McLeod, Nick McLeod out there missing tackles. We had Fabian Moreau. Like, we have better talent this year. Why can you guys not tackle anyone? Christian McCaffrey breaking through like 10 tackles on any given play. I'm like, the last time I checked, he is not Dexter Lawrence's size. Why does it take so many people to bring him down? I think, and I I don't like to say this because I think if someone questioned my effort with certain things, I would be frustrated. But you can't watch what you saw last night and not question the effort. Because what what is the other reason why you're not making the tackles? You had five people on Christian McCaffrey at one point, and he's just bulldozing through them. I mean, it's unbelievable. And Trey Hawkins, he's been playing real, really well up until this point. He looked like he was afraid to tackle people. And I understand that he's a rookie and he came from Old Dominion, but this is the NFL. You cannot be afraid to tackle people. What? I mean, I saw multiple plays where I'm like, he literally just stopped and like threw his arms out and like paused. Like he didn't know that he was supposed to tackle them or he was like paralyzed in fear and was afraid to go after them. Like, like your only job. If you didn't want to be a quarterback, then maybe you should have been another position and tried to play on offense if you're afraid to tackle people. That was so bizarre to me. So bizarre. I mean, I watched it happen multiple times and was like, what on God's green earth is going on? What is happening? Xavier McKinney? Kayvon? I mean, everyone has been getting on Kayvon's back, which is fine. Honestly, I think it got in his head and I think it worked a little bit. I th same thing with Micah McFadden. Like, I think some of these people, maybe they deserve to be called out and they need to like get over themselves a little bit. I don't know what it is. I, and I don't know. If someone's ever played in the NFL, like, let me know what the problem is here. Is it an attitude problem? Is it a lack of effort? Because all of a sudden, McFadden turns it on. Kayvon gets a sack. I still saw some questionable decisions when it came to tackling from Kayvon, which was very frustrating and disappointing. But McKinney's in a contract year. 
literally leave me speechless every week. Like, I just don't even know what else to say about them other than like, what the hell are you doing out there? What are you doing? Micah McFadden, 10 total tackles, nine solo, four tackles for loss. I really have to give McFadden a lot of credit for this because last week he really struggled. We all saw him struggle. He was tackling with his arms, not making plays, um, just kind of look, looks like a little lost out there. And I, for me, he's like one of the MVPs of this game because in less than one week, we are talking about four days. He did a complete 180. And that's the thing that I want to see. Like, to me, that's a player who gives a shit. To me, that's a player who heard all the trash talk and said, I, you're not doing this to me again. I I know I made mistakes. I can fix them and I'm going to do it. And he wasn't perfect by any means, but he led the team with 10 tackles. He was all over the field. I mean, if you watch that game last night, I just like, I'm in the group chat. I'm talking to you guys on DM. I went on live and everyone's like, Micah McFadden, like dude is literally all over the place. And that was a huge highlight for me during the game last night. I, this is why he's getting the first team reps. This is why he beat out someone like Darian Beavers. Like you see it now. You see some of the mistakes that he made. He's not perfect. No one on this team is. We all know that at this point, but he's really turns it around and it just made me feel really good about him. And I feel like, okay, I have a little bit more optimism towards him now that he can make those type of tackles with a really challenging offense like the Niners. Like I feel like he can build on that. Those are the types of things that I want to see. So behind him was Bobby Okurake, who's another guy who turned it around. Not a perfect game by any means, but again, compared to what happened last week, he improved. And that's this is what I want to see from these guys. Nine total tackles, six of them solo. Xavier McKinney was behind him with seven tackles, six solo. Dexter Lawrence, seven, four solo. Leonard Williams had one of his best games so far this year, no doubt about about that with six total tackles, four solo, and half a sack. Um, Trey Hawkins, six. Sean Robinson, five. Jason Pinnock, five. Simmons, four. Adoree Jackson and Kayvon both had three. Kayvon also had a sack and a tackle for lost, one of his best games so far. And then you guys know, you guys know based on my face who I'm going to talk about now. If you don't follow me on Instagram and you don't know this already, one of the most frustrating players for me on this team is Darnay Holmes. And no one was more disappointed except maybe my uncle than I was um, when he took a pay cut to stay. And we saw it last night. He has two good plays and then penalties that just ruin everything good he ever did. Because the penalties are at the worst time and it's always a defensive pass interference that gives them 15 yards or more every single time. And when this team was already dealing with penalty issues last week, when Darnay Holmes was a healthy scratch, he is a liability. You cannot afford to put him on the field when you've already seen that this, that these refs are throwing penalties left and right. They don't care. They don't care what it's for. It's for something. And the giants had, Six penalties for 71 yards, and the Niners' penalties were six play six for 31 yards. So we knew that this we were already getting beat by penalties a million times over. And you and you gotta put Darnay Holmes in there, really. 
it, I, I can't, I need Cordell Flott to be healthy because I need to see him in there. I, I don't care that he's maybe not as aggressive and maybe not as good of a tackler, whatever you want to say, as Darnay Holmes is. He's a little more light, slight, whatever. Um, I don't care because he does not get DPIs left and right like Darnay Holmes does. He had one tackle for loss, which was his best play all game. I just, uh, this is very frustrating. They held them to 30 yards. I mean, again, like there were some good plays when they held them to two field goals. I was like, wow, now it's the offense's turn. And then the offense couldn't get, couldn't get it together. It's just the lack of balance that you see on both sides of the ball. They can't string together momentum on both sides of the ball continuously. It's like the offense gets a little momentum, then the defense gives up a touchdown. Then the offense goes three and out, and then the defense makes a stop. Okay, now it's the offense's turn, and they can't do it again. It's just... I don't have the answers, guys. I really don't. Um, like you, I'm a fan who's just frustrated that this is this is what we're watching. The defense had 78 total tackles, 52 for loss, two sacks, and four tackles for loss, which was the best. Again, Micah McFadden, four tackles for loss. To imagine if this guy wasn't on the field this week? Thank God he did some good things. Um, I mean, the only thing I have to say about the defense now is that I hope that DJ Davidson is okay because he was looking promising prior to getting injured. Um, Ashawn Robinson also left the game with an injury. I hope that he's okay. We desperately need the depth there at O-line. Um, wait, no, maybe it wasn't Robinson. It was Nacho. Um, Nacho left the game with an injury. So we need the depth at the line. Dable didn't give any updates during the presser today about injuries. So I am hoping that we get some at this point, we're not going to get them until next week because I believe that the players they're coming back. They either flew back late last night or today. So I believe that how the schedule goes is they have Friday, Saturday, Sunday off. And then I think that Monday they will be back in the building. So I would say Monday is the earliest we're going to hear about injuries. So everyone, you know, take the pins out of your voodoo dolls, pray to whatever God you pray to, get your crystals out, do whatever you need to do, because we need some good luck when it comes to the injury front, because Seattle now is a must-win game if this team wants to go to the playoffs. So um, it's a primetime game, which we know historically has not been a strong suit for them. Uh, so we just we need some good juju, and I think it's going to come in the form of everyone being healthy for Monday Night Football. So let's hope that is the case. We're going to end on a high note because special teams, again, came through. Like I said, I am not asking for much for them, asking for the bare minimum. I'm going to start to do this from everyone, every single person on this team. The only thing I'm going to ask you to do is not fuck up. Just do your job. I know it's easier said than done, but come on. Eric Ray was the kickoff returner and the punt returner on the kickoff return. He had one for 16 yards, which was the longest. Not bad. Um, on the punt return, most of them were uh, – most of the kick returns of the pun returns, they were um, not the punts. The kicks were um, touchbacks. So he really didn't have a lot of opportunities here. One punt return for three yards. Graham Gano, perfect as usual. Two for two for the um, field goal attempts. Uh, the longest one was 57 yards. And of course, he made that one because he's Graham Gano. Um, last up, Jamie Gillen. Going into this season, 
I'm sure like you guys felt the same way that I did, that we were worried about him um, when it comes to punting because he has been very hit or miss. And honestly, week one was a disaster for everyone. So I'm not including that in this, but the last two weeks, he's done a really good job. This week, he had um, six punts for 360 yards. One of them, he got inside the 20 and the longest was 60 yards. So he's been a guy that so far has played pretty well. So um, like I said, I... uh, I don't expect much from them, but he did a good job. So I I was happy about that. Um, one other thing that I want to touch on that I forgot to when I was talking about the offense is the decision that Dable made to go for two after scoring the Breida touchdown. Now, I he said that the reason that he did it was because he wanted to make it at that point, it would have been 17, 14. So he wanted to make it a three point game versus a four point game. Obviously we know that Graham Gano is typically Mr. Reliable. So fair. Um, the only criticism that I have of that, I, I mean, I feel like it wasn't really necessary to get what Dable was trying to do. So I understand that. I just felt like it was so early on in the game that, you know, do we need to do that? Not really. Um, I would say for me, I was more like there hasn't been a lot of success in the past game. So why are you throwing it? You know, between Jones, Brita, Brightwell, Gray, I mean, any one of them couldn't have gone the couple yards for the two point conversion. I just felt like maybe, maybe they should have tried that. Um, they could have tried the shovel pass that they did with Saquon last year. I mean, you're going to tell me that Eric Gray or Brita or Brightwell couldn't have done that. I mean, Maybe Brightwell after that drop, maybe not. But outside of that, he's had pretty good hands. So I don't know. I wasn't, I'm not going to crucify Dable for it. I don't think it was a horrible decision. Um, I I just feel like, you know, maybe they could have attempted to run the ball. Maybe they would have had a little bit of success there. I don't know. Um, anyway, so I feel like that that kind of covers it this week. So we got a nice little break before we have to endure some Giants football game. Let's hope that we are celebrating the next Giants game versus enduring torture. I will be there at the Monday night football game versus the Seattle Seahawks week four. So it'll be interesting. I'll do a preview prior to that. But in the meantime, everyone enjoy your weekend. Enjoy college football on Saturday. Enjoy NFL football on Sunday. One of the games that I will be focused on is going to be the Seattle game. I haven't really paid a ton of attention to them this year, so I'm curious to see how they do this week. I know they've got a lot of injured guys, so we'll see how that affects them. Um, it'll be interesting. But, you know, it's we get to enjoy a Sunday of other teams' football without stress. So I will take that as a good way to enjoy my weekend. So thank you guys for listening. Please subscribe here on YouTube or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And I will be back next week with a Seattle preview. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.